Happy Good Friday to you. This is the Friday Five here on the Agent Survival Guide podcast, where we recap five of the week's headlines worth knowing about. It is Friday, April 2nd, and I am your host, Sarah Rupel. Number one this week. Let's start off our list with vaccine passports. That's been in the news frequently this week, as other countries have been announcing their digital passport systems, while here in the U.S., President Biden announced on Monday that his administration would leave the semantics of a vaccine passport system, digital or otherwise, up to each state and the private sector. So far, we've got 17 different initiatives going on here in the U.S., That's up five from the last time we talked about vaccine passports in the middle of February this year. We'll be linking to a few articles on that subject in the episode notes, but I want to pull a quote directly from the Vox article we're linking to because I think Rebecca Halewell, the author of the piece, really captured the difficulty of the effort. She was explaining how New York's Excelsior Pass works, writing that it, quote, allows people in the state who have been vaccinated or recently tested negative for COVID-19 to download their health records onto a smartphone app that displays a QR code, which can be scanned by participating venues to verify their status, end quote. But let's unpack that a little more. Users would need a smartphone, so that eliminates people who don't have one. She mentions participating venues, so there's the potential that the venue you're headed to or the destination you're headed to might not be able to read that program's records. And then there's how the record gets into the system in the first place, which seems to be another big issue that's raised later on in the article. If you've ever tried to transfer health records, you know it can be a logistical nightmare. And it doesn't help that there are people out there faking vaccine cards, either stealing them and forging records, or simply selling blank cards online. It's a bit of a mess right now, more so than it was back when we talked about it last. So we'll be keeping an eye on how the vaccine passport shakes out in the future weeks, and we will keep you posted as more updates become available. Number two. Also on the subject of the COVID-19 vaccine, this one is a good item to share on your social feeds with your clients. Along with the rest of us, some of them might be wondering, should I get my COVID-19 vaccine card laminated? The answer to that question is not just a simple yes or no. First, wait to do anything until you get your second dose, because if you laminate the card before then, the card can't be updated. Once you've done that, it's still not time to laminate. Next, take a picture of it so you have that on your device. Email the photos to yourself so you have a record of the photos in case your device gets lost or damaged. You can even snap a picture with a regular camera, get the photos developed, and then store those in a safe place. After that, make a copy, and you want to get the front and back. Maybe make two or three if you're like me and believe in redundancy. Once you've done those things, officials say that for now, they see no issues with laminating the card once you've taken those precautions. In fact, retail office supply stores like Staples and Office Max are offering to laminate the cards for free, so that's pretty cool. We'll be linking to the Market Watch article that outlines all those steps in our episode notes. Number three. 
On Tuesday this week, the Better Medicare Alliance released some numbers from ATI Advisory's look at the 2018 Medicare Current Beneficiary Survey Data, or MCBS for short. That study found that Medicare Advantage beneficiaries saved, on average, $1,640 more in 2018 than their traditional Medicare fee-for-service counterparts. In 2018, all Medicare Advantage beneficiaries spent an average of $3,354, while all traditional fee-for-service Medicare beneficiaries spent $4,994. The press release from Better Medicare Alliance also gave numbers from 2017 and 2016, showing that spending had gone up on average each year, so you might want to take a look at that study. They also presented findings on cost burden, and that's a term used to describe when a beneficiary is paying more than 20% of their own income for health costs. While 11.8% of all Medicare Advantage beneficiaries were considered cost burdened in 2018, 20% of all traditional fee-for-service Medicare beneficiaries were cost burdened. So it does show that when looking at averages, the beneficiary saves money on Medicare Advantage and that those in a traditional fee-for-service Medicare plan could benefit from those savings. But of course, there is more to what goes into a health insurance plan decision than just that. There are other factors. So check out the study. We will link to the press release and the write-up from Fierce Healthcare in the notes. Number four. On Monday this week, the Ever Given, the massive container ship wedged in the Suez Canal, was freed. It took six days to clear the container ship of the canal, but experts are saying it will still take a few days to clear the backlog of ships that amassed during the traffic jam. Estimates were in the 10-day range, and the cost of the disruption? Possibly as much as $15 billion dollars per day. Not overall, per day. The Suez Canal is an extremely high-traveled international shipping passage that connects the Mediterranean Sea with the Red Sea, allowing ships to cut through Egypt to get from Asia to Europe rather than sailing around Africa. It cuts 5,000 miles off of a one-way trip between London, England, and Mumbai, India, and if you're constantly shipping goods back and forth, that's a round-trip savings of 10,000 miles. Of course, I was curious about how they managed to get the Ever Given free, and it was a combination of a few different methods. Excavators, dredging, tugboats, and even the tides, thanks to the recent full moon. We'll be linking to a few articles on this subject, some that talk about the cost and repercussions of the incident, and then the USA Today one that has wonderful pictures and diagrams that show just how the crews got the massive shipping container unstuck. Number five. This was an interesting piece of news that was a little more buried than I thought it should be, but hopefully enough people use it to warrant Facebook adding the option to other apps. Facebook is adding a feed filter that will let users turn off the algorithm and show posts in chronological order. I'm guessing that this is probably in response to the fact that many people have either abandoned the platform or banished the app to the app library and back pages of their smartphones. 
Personally, I think it's an exciting change that could remedy that problem of missing posts from the people you actually care about because the algorithm is deciding when and what you should see. But as cool as it is that this is coming to Facebook, I just have to put it out there. Please, please bring this feature to Instagram. It is so frustrating when the content I want to see comes up on Instagram and I like it, but then I click into a person's feed and see at least five or more posts that I missed out on because of the algorithm. So if you are firmly in camp, bring back the chronological feed on Instagram. First of all, well done. And second, keep those fingers crossed. That is all we have for you this week. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay healthy, stay safe out there, and we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Script editing by Brianna Lowe. Artwork by Nick Smith.